I am very excited to be joined over the phone by someone who has been on the show several times and is someone that I really like to check in with, um, who's always, you know, doing really, really great work that is important and that I admire uh, in many ways and for many reasons. And that is Faisal Saleh, who is the director and founder of Palestine Museum US, which is located not too far from, from this radio station in Woodbridge, Connecticut. Faisal, you there? Yes. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining me once again on Mic Check. Uh, Welcome back. It's great to have you back on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, the last time you were on, I believe, was May 15th. And Mm -hmm. we we had spoken a little bit about, or we had spoken primarily about um, the the murder of and and, uh, assassination of journalist Shireen Abu Akhleh. And uh, who who worked for Al Jazeera, and was a very very well known Palestinian American journalist, shot and killed by uh, Israeli occupation forces. And you would also that show mentioned um, about something else that we're going to get into tonight, but I'm not going to give it away yet um, because I wanted to to check in with you first, and um, you know because it's been a little bit since we've spoken. And I also wanted to, to know if you could uh, give a little bit of basic background as well for anyone who's unfamiliar with Palestine Museum U.S. about how long it's been around and the work that you do. Yes, uh, thank you. First, uh, I would like to uh, introduce myself. Um, uh, I have been uh, living in, in the U.S. Uh, for quite uh, a long time. Uh, I come from... Uh, uh, Palestine. My family uh, was originally from a, a village outside of Jaffa called uh, Salamet. In 1948, uh, they became refugees in the aftermath of the establishment of the State of Israel when uh, the, about uh, 750,000 Palestinians uh, were driven out of their homes and became refugees. Uh, my family settled in the West Bank, uh, and uh, I was born three years afterwards. Uh, I studied uh, in the West Bank, uh, and I came to the U.S. to complete the last year of my high school and then went to college. And uh, after that, I worked in business for uh, about 45, 50 years. Um, so I've been in the U.S. over 50 years here. I became a U.S. citizen in, uh, in the uh, mid-1980s. Um, and uh, after uh, working in business for a long time, uh, I thought uh, it was time for me to uh, turn my attention to doing something for Palestine, my the country where I was born and where uh, my family came from. And uh, it, it, uh, it, it's a country that's uh, in, in deep uh, stress right now. Uh, most Palestinians uh, are living under Israeli occupation and have been doing so for uh, over uh, 50 years, and uh, uh, our home, uh, our homes were uh, taken over by Israel, and we were expelled. Uh, it's been 75 years, almost uh, 74 years and a half, uh, actually, exactly. So, um, the Palestine Museum U.S., which I uh, I opened in uh, 2018, uh, April 23rd, 2018. Uh, the mission of the Palestine Museum U.S. is really to celebrate uh, the excellence of Palestinian art artists, 
uh, and also to uh, to tell a Palestinian story through the arts. Uh, we have a very compelling story to tell uh, about the uh, great injustice that was done to the Palestinians and uh, and the about the uh, the severe conditions that Palestinians uh, suffer under on a day to day a day to day basis currently. So. Uh, the museum uh, mission is really to try to use the arts uh, to communicate uh, the story of the Palestinians and, and what happened to them. Uh, so that that's really the uh, the mission of the museum. Uh, we're located in Woodbridge, Connecticut, and the museum is uh, has about 6,500 square feet of uh, exhibit space. Contains uh, uh, a few hundred uh, works of art, uh, which includes uh, photographs, includes a lot of embroidery, uh, textile uh, material that it, uh, of uh, Palestinian heritage. Uh, uh, in addition, there are a lot of artifacts, uh, sculptures, and, and a variety of other artistic uh, items in, in, at the museum. So I think that gives you an idea uh, for people who are not familiar with the museum uh, and perhaps uh, maybe give some people ideas. Maybe they'd want to go and visit the museum. Um, yes, thank you. you. Go from, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, thank you for, for sharing all that important context uh, on the museum and the hist- and how the museum came about, as well as your own personal journey and your family's history as well. And... Uh, uh, could you say one more time the uh, actually we'll, I'll do that at the end the uh, you know how people can learn more about the museum and, and visit yeah. as well uh, and everything to do you know related to that uh, but the as I mentioned you know uh, at the very beginning uh, when we last spoke you had towards the end of the the program you had mentioned something really important and really special that Palestine Museum U.S. was taking part in. And that was the Venice Biennale and a special uh, exhibit um, that the Palestine Museum U.S. was taking part in. And so I know that the the Venice Biennale is still ongoing as of right now, but it will be uh, and will be going on for um, for another several weeks. And so I was wondering if you could if you could first uh, talk about what what is the Venice Biennale for anyone who's unfamiliar and and talk about what what that exhibit is. Um, means for Palestine and Palestinians? Sure. Uh, the Venice Biennale is a, an, an art uh, festival that is the uh, most prestigious and the largest and the longest uh, art festival uh, in the world. Uh, it is equivalent uh, to the Olympics in sports. Uh, it, it is the Olympics of the art world. Uh, usually about a hundred countries at least participate in it, each country with its own exhibition, uh, in what they call as pavilions. So the U S for instance, has a pavilion, uh, which in which they, um, make an exhibit every time, uh, being a Binali, it takes place every other year. And the Binali has been in existence, um, for the last 120 years. So, uh, the current Venice Biennale is the 59th iteration of that Biennale. So we, uh, this is a very important institution in Italy. And uh, after the Vatican, it's probably the most uh, revered and the most respected institution 
in Italy. Uh, to, to the Italians, it, it, it's a holy institution almost. So um, the Palestine Museum uh, we, was very interested in uh, in reaching out uh, to some of the international uh, venues for, for exhibiting, and we wanted to go directly to the top. And uh, as a result, we spent uh, a, a few months uh, in 2021 um, researching the Venice Biennale, and then we decided to apply for for an exhibition there. And uh, because Palestine is not recognized by Italy, uh, we cannot uh, could not per- participate as as a national participation. In other words, we could not participate as a country. And uh, that left the only option for us to participate as what's called a collateral event. Uh, A collateral event is the third method of participation after what they call the international exhibition, which is a large exhibition that the Venice Binali itself organizes. They have a curator for the Binali, and the curator uh, organizes the international exhibition. And in, in this current iteration, there was uh, 215 artists selected to participate in the international exhibition with about 1,500 works of art. Uh, in addition to that, there were 85 countries participating, each with its own pavilion, and there were 30 collateral events. And we applied for as a collateral event, and after two, three months of the application, we were notified that we were selected to participate and provide that exhibition. And and so that was really uh, great news for us. We 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 weren't really uh, sure that we were going to succeed in in uh, in in that uh, coveted spot on being a collateral event, one of thirty from the from a lot of people applying from around the world, various uh, institutions. The the collateral events are open to nonprofit art institutions. Um, and uh, we knew there were a large number applying, but we were so glad that we were selected as, as one of the 30s. And the exhibition that we put together uh, is called From Palestine with Art. Uh, and it has 19 artists represented, and there were 30 works of art of different types. There were, there were paintings, uh, different kind of paintings, some abstract, some figurative some portraits. Um, there were also five photographs uh, of note, in, and then we also included um, two embroidery uh, items, which are complete. So, what we call soaps. These are Palestinian dresses with all the accessories that go with them, including headdresses. In, and these were historic uh, dresses that were hand embroidered uh, about a hundred years ago. And there were two of them, uh, each from a different uh, city in Palestine. And each, each city has its own motifs uh, and styles of embroidery. So they, they too, they represented two distinct styles. And um, uh, in addition to that, we had a number of uh, installations also and, uh, and certain uh, sculptures as well. So it was a full-featured exhibit and it had uh, a very large uh, six meter long map a historic map of palestine from 1877 that showed the historic palestine before it had any zionist uh, uh settlement 
put on it as part of the colonial project that, that culminated in the creation of the State of Israel. That project had not started in 1877, and that map that we had on the floor represented Palestine before before the uh, colonial Israeli project uh, that took place there that resulted in creating the State of Israel and expelling the Palestinians from their homes and creating refugees out of them. Wow, so thank you. That, that, yeah. that, that, that's kind of a little bit of a, a description of, of the project and how we got into it. And I know you asked another question, what does it mean for Palestine? It really means a, a great deal. I mean, we, we were able to take Palestine to the summit of the art world and have uh, have the exhibit available to thousands of people uh, to see it uh, over a period of seven months. The, the, the Binali Art Exhibition takes uh, place over a seven-month period. And for seven months, you're getting constant visitors on a daily basis, six days a week. One day is off usually. And uh, we were averaging uh, so far up to 400 to 500 visitors per day. Uh, so by the time the exhibit ends at the end of November, which is November 27th, is the last day of the exhibit of this year, uh, we would have had almost 100,000 people visited the exhibit. And these people are n- not just from Italy, but they're from th- all over uh, the world, from throughout Europe. And uh, Venice is a, a, is, is, is a very popular tourist attraction almost year-round. Uh, and uh, particularly during the Art Binale, uh, which was this year. So there would be thousands of people roaming the streets on a daily basis, and they're all going around and visiting all the art venues uh, in Venice. So uh, this represents really the most exposure any Palestinian art event has taken. Uh, has garnered uh, uh, in in the history of Palestinian exhibits. So th- this this uh, we were very proud of that. We were very happy that we were able to reach so many people and talk to them about Palestine and the Palestinian arts and uh, and the things that the Palestinian arts stood for and and, and the various uh, Palestinian national symbols. Uh, that that they were telling uh, the Palestinian story to the global audience that we were trying to reach. And Faisal, I know you've been you've been twice. You, you've actually you were able to be there and be at the Binali with the exhibit twice so far. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I went uh, three times before the exhibit opened. In, uh, during the course of working on the exhibit and lining up some local vendors to, to provide various services, like we, we had to find people to uh, uh, to do to do framing and installation of the exhibit. We also decided to publish a book that has the exhibit artwork with it. It's like a coffee table uh, art book, and we had to find a printer. Uh, and uh, printing was kind of difficult because there was a supply chain problems with paper and all that and transportation, but we managed to, to get that work done. So, and we also had to find a place to print some of the photographs and print the map. And these were all different vendors in different locations in Italy that we managed to find and, and, and contract with and, and work with. So I, I did like three, three trips there to do that. And then I did two trips, uh, 
One was to actually uh, op- to do the, open the exhibit on April 23rd of this year. And another one, I did that in August to kind of check on things and uh, see how things were going. And um, one of the signs of the of the level of interest and uh, engagement with the exhibit is that each month we've been going through an entire uh, guest book. You know, these are the guest books that people sign in uh, and write comments uh, when they visit the exhibits and museums. Uh, we go through an entire book of like 100 pages each month. And so far we have about seven or eight books that are filled. And we still got another month to go. That's incredible. And when you were there, as well as, you know, any, anything that you've heard from, you know, the, uh, you know, any, anyone else who, who is involved, who's able to be there more regularly, uh, how, you know, can you talk about what the reaction has been like, both from Palestinians and from, from non-Palestinians? Yeah, I mean, let's start with the Palestinians. For Palestinians, uh, the exhibit uh, was very emotional when people walked in the room. Many of them cried, um, and they cried because they said, for the first time, we can walk. We're walking down the street. There's a sign at the gate that says, from Palestine with art, and it has the Venice Biennale logo on it, outside of the building even. And they said that that, that we could, we never expected to see anything like this, and that's that just uh, got people so emotional. Uh, as they went into the exhibit and listening to the music playing and looking at all the artwork, and it's all about Palestine. You have to kind of uh, understand that Palestinians are marginalized uh, in in many places, not not just in the U.S., but in Europe and other places. And it's very difficult to get the name Palestine out. And to, like in, in in the U.S., it's very difficult to to get exposure for any Palestinian thing. In the uh, in the mainstream media, like for instance, we we did this huge uh, Venice Biennale exhibition, and not a single TV channel in Connecticut was willing to provide any coverage uh, for for this event. And not a there aren't there isn't any museum in Connecticut that that has been able to accomplish what we accomplish in terms of having a collateral event exhibition at the Venice Biennale. Yet uh, we're unable to get the the right recognition and the right coverage uh, for a variety of political reasons uh, that, that uh, you know, Palestine is not uh, a subject that the mainstream media is willing to talk about or to give any attention to. Uh, so for, for, for people in, in Venice to be able to go and see all that attention and all that exhibition, and uh, it, it was shocking for Palestinians to see that, and it was so emotional for them to see and uh, and they obviously appreciated uh, the Venice Biennale and the Italian people for uh, their willingness to allow Palestinians to tell their story through the art and to have this beautiful art exhibit there. Now, for the non-Palestinians, a lot of them were not really familiar with Palestine, and most of them came into the exhibit out of curiosity to learn to see what this is about. And they've received a lot of information about the history of Palestine, what are, what are the Palestinian issues, what is the injustice that was inflicted on the Palestinians for the last 75 years, and what all that means, and how did that manifest itself in this artwork. And the artwork that was on exhibit 
is not really uh, anything um, that's really showing distress. So I think it's, a lot of it is really beautiful colors and nice landscapes and and beautiful portraits and photography and things like that. There's very there's hardly any and anything that is really negative, uh, if you will. It's just that these Palestinian artists painting the future and dreaming about what would things be like when Palestine is free. Uh, so and and that's really what got people also even more interested in to, to see how these people living under daily uh, bombardment, under daily uh, arrests and, and, and uh, home invasions in the middle of the night and destruction of homes and shootings and arrest of children and torturing and all that. People, artists living under these daily conditions are able to step away from that mentally and create very beautiful artwork uh, and and dream about the future and how it's going to be. So it. Uh, uh, the visitors were really very excited about that. And uh, we uh, had Italian volunteers. These are local people from Italy who uh, were so impressed by our exhibit and by our story that they they took it upon themselves to come in uh, on their own to the exhibit and, and uh, provide tours, uh, kind of like act as docents and provide tours and explain to visitors everything about the artwork that they've learned. Uh, because, you know, we were not there. We were there for just a few days and we left and, and the art exhibit was basically on its own. Uh, we have people that manage the, the you know, the space and, and, and take care of the housekeeping and all that. But, but we, it was the Italian volunteers that really stepped up and gave the tours to the to the visitors and explain to them what, what the issues are and what the Palestinian story was all about. And that's, that was really something that we did not expect to happen. We thought that, that, that we won't find anybody to do that, but they were like quite a few of them and they were very supportive of the Palestinian issues. Well, this is just incredible and such a, you know, I mean, it just sounds like such a, a life-changing experience for, for you, for the museum. And I'm so, you know, I'm so happy for you and, and for, you know, on this success uh, of this, this exhibition at the Venice Biennale. And so, you know, in terms of having this success now um, on the, at the Venice Biennale and having this just great reception and like you said, such a, a groundbreaking moment, uh, experience in terms mm-hmm. of how there is such a, you know, it is such a, a like you said, shocking representation because it's it's a representation that just doesn't exist and it's just it's not you know you don't just you just don't see exhibitions like this. So, uh, what what do you have in mind for the for the future in terms of something else in this in this vein, if you will? Yeah, we've uh, really been uh, looking at uh, different opportunities, and uh, the Venice Biennale is actually made up of of seven or eight different. Uh, sections. Uh, there's the Art Binali, which we're participating in now. And then there's the architecture, there's the cinema, the dance, the theater, and a, and a few other, and the music. Uh, so uh, the the uh, architectural Binali is next year. And uh, we've uh, been invited to submit an application for the architectural Binali uh, because the theme of the Binali had something to do with things that are important to Palestine. 
And, uh, you know, the part of the theme was decolonization and decarbonization. And the decolonization certainly is something that, you know, the Palestinians are struggling for right now is, is to uh, get rid of the, you know, the, the colonization of Palestine. Uh, so we decided to actually apply for that um, um, Binali participation uh, for a collateral event also. And uh, we put a lot of work into it. And the subject uh, of what we're applying for is is uh, what we call the, the depopulated and destroyed Palestinian villages. In 1948, when Israel was established, uh, the, the Israeli military um, uh, depopulated 500 villages. And that's depopulated. It means, uh, you know, they're ethnically cleansed. They got Palestinians out of those villages and made sure they're empty. And in many cases, they, they bulldoze those villages. And most of these villages are still today uh, empty uh, and uh, standing, uh, most of them in ruins. Uh, you could see the ruins of each village uh, has nobody living in it. In some, some cases, there are villages that have some standing, a few standing structures, but there are hundreds of these villages that were destroyed and and they are still in existence. Meanwhile, the people who used to live in these villages that are empty now uh, and lie in ruins uh, are living in refugee camps in, in the West Bank and in Gaza, in Jordan, Syria, and in Lebanon. And and uh, what was 750,000 people in 1948 now is close to like 10, 10 or 12 million people. And there's a large number of these refugees are living in squalid conditions and very poor conditions. Meanwhile, the land and their houses are stay, are still uh, empty and nobody is in them uh, and they're under Israeli control now. So the exhibit deals with that subject. And it, it, both from an architectural point of view, there's some architectural designs and works. Uh, there is some photography and some uh, some painting uh artwork and and, uh, and and also a treatment of the of the people who used to live in those villages. Thank you so much, Faisal. And that uh, that flew by really fast. We're actually uh, yes. we're, we're running out of time yeah. here. Um, and so, so well, we wanted to tell people how to go to the museum. Uh, you can find out more about the museum by going to our website, palestinemuseum.us. And that's the URL. And uh, you can, uh, to visit the museum, you could send an email to info at palestinemuseum.us, info at palestinemuseum.us. And then uh, we will contact you and, and arrange for you to have a private visit where you would receive a tour of the museum uh, with all the explanations and, and all the information you need. Uh, we're located at 1764 Litchfield Turnpike in Woodbridge, Connecticut. That exits uh, 59, uh, very short distance from the exit uh, on on Litchfield Turnpike, which is Route 69. And uh, we, if you want to take like 20 seconds to, um, I know you've got an important event coming up as well, um, an art yeah. opening uh, next week. Yeah, we have an art opening uh, next week for uh, an artist uh, called Muhammad Hajj. Uh, he is from Gaza. Unfortunately, he can't be here in person, but he will be virtually. Uh, he'll be um, giving a, a, a talk uh, uh, 
over Zoom, uh, and we'll have the event at the museum. It'll be a hybrid event with people in person at the museum, but also people joining virtually. Uh, people can get information about it on our website under events, like in uh, probably on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and uh, we hope some of you would uh, want to come and, and, and take a look at that art opening. And again, that's uh, palestinemuseum.us. And on social media as well, Palestine Museum US. And, uh, Not to us, yes. On, on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Pal Museum US on, on Twitter. Thank you so much again, Faisal Saleh, Director of Palestine Museum US. Thank you.